Matthew chapter 13 That same day Jesus left the house and went out beside Lake Galilee where he sat down to teach. Such large crowds gathered around him that he had to sit in a boat while the people stood on the shore. Then he taught them many things by using stories. He said, A farmer went out to scatter seed in a field. While the farmer was scattering the seed, some of it fell along the road and was eaten by birds. Other seeds fell on thin, rocky ground and quickly started growing because the soil wasn't very deep. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and dried up because they did not have enough roots. Some other seeds fell where thorn bushes grew up and choked the plants. But a few seeds did fall on good ground where the plants produced a hundred or sixty or thirty times as much as was scattered. If you have ears, pay attention. Jesus' disciples came to him and asked, Why do you use nothing but stories when you speak to the people? Jesus answered, I have explained the secrets about the kingdom of heaven to you, but not to others. Everyone who has something will be given more, but people who don't have anything will lose even what little they have. I use stories when I speak to them, because when they look, they cannot see, and when they listen, they cannot hear or understand. So God's promise came true, just as the prophet Isaiah had said, These people will listen and listen, but never understand. They will look and look, but never see. All of them have stubborn minds. Their ears are stopped up and their eyes are covered. They cannot see or hear or understand. If they could, they would turn to me and I would heal them. But God has blessed you because your eyes can see and your ears can hear. Many prophets and good people were eager to see what you see and hear what you hear. But I tell you that they did not see or hear. Now, listen to the meaning of the story about the farmer. The seeds that fell along the road are the people who hear the message about the kingdom, but don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches the message from their hearts. The seeds that fell on rocky ground are the people who gladly hear the message and accept it right away, but they don't have deep roots and they don't last very long. As soon as life gets hard or the message gets them in trouble, they give up. The seeds that fell among the thorn bushes are also people who hear the message, but they start worrying about the needs of this life and are fooled by the desire to get rich. So the message gets choked out and they never produce anything. The seeds that fell on good ground are the people who hear and understand the message. They produce as much as a, a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was planted. Jesus then told them this story. The kingdom of heaven is like what happened when a farmer scattered good seed in a field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and scattered weed seeds in the field and then left. When the plants came up and began to ripen, the farmer's servants could see the weeds. The servants came and asked, Sir, didn't you scatter good seed in your field? Where did these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. His servants then asked, do you want us to go out and pull up the weeds? No, he answered. You might also pull up the wheat. Leave the weeds alone until harvest time. Then I'll tell my workers to gather the weeds and tie them up and burn them. But I'll have them store the wheat in my barn. Jesus told them another story. The kingdom of heaven is like what happens when a farmer plants a mustard seed in a field. 
Although it is the smallest of all seeds, it grows larger than any garden plant and becomes a tree. Birds even come and nest on its branches. Jesus also said, The kingdom of heaven is like what happens when a woman mixes a little yeast into three big batches of flour. Finally, all the dough rises. Jesus used stories when he spoke to the people. In fact, he did not tell them anything without using stories. So, God's promise came true, just as the prophet had said. I will use stories to speak my message and to explain things that have been hidden since the creation of the world. After Jesus left the crowd and went inside, his disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the story about the weeds in the wheat field. Jesus answered, the one who scattered the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seeds are the people who belong to the kingdom. The weed seeds are those who belong to the evil one, and the one who scattered them is the devil. The harvest is the end of time, and angels are the ones who bring in the harvest. Weeds are gathered and burned. That's how it will be at the end of time. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather from his kingdom everyone who does wrong or causes others to sin. Then he will throw them into a flaming furnace, where people will cry and grit their teeth in pain. But everyone who has done right will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. If you have ears, pay attention. The kingdom of heaven is like what happens when someone finds a treasure hidden in a field and buries it again. A person like that is happy and goes and sells everything in order to buy that field. The kingdom of heaven is like what happens when a shop owner is looking for fine pearls. After finding a very valuable one, the owner goes and sells everything in order to buy that pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like what happens when a net is thrown into a lake and catches all kinds of fish. When the net is full, it is dragged to the shore and the fishermen sit down to separate the fish. They keep the good ones, but throw the bad ones away. That's how it will be at the end of time. Angels will come and separate the evil people from the ones who have done right. Then those evil people will be thrown into a flaming furnace, where they will cry and grit their teeth in pain. Jesus asked his disciples if they understood all these things. They said, yes, we do. So he told them, Every student of the scriptures who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like someone who brings out new and old treasures from the storeroom. When Jesus had finished telling these stories, he left and went to his hometown. He taught in their meeting place. And the people were so amazed that they asked, where does he get all this wisdom and power to work these miracles? Isn't he the son of the carpenter? Isn't Mary his mother and aren't James, Joseph, Simon and Judas his brothers? Don't his sisters still live here in our town? How can he do all this? So the people were very unhappy because of what he was doing. But Jesus said, Prophets are honoured by everyone, except the people of their hometown and their own family. And because the people did not have any faith, Jesus did not work many miracles there. Matthew chapter 14 about this time, Herod, the ruler, heard the news about Jesus and told his officials... This is John the Baptist! He's come back from death and that's why he has the power to work these miracles. Herod had early arrested John and had him chained and put in prison. 
He did this because John had told him, It isn't right for you to take Herodias, the wife of your brother, Philip. Herod wanted to kill John, but the people thought John was a prophet. And Herod was afraid of what they might do. When Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests. She pleased Herod so much. Yet he swore to give her whatever she wanted. But the girl's mother told her to say, Here on a platter I want the head of John the Baptist. The king was sorry for what he had said, but he did not want to break the promise he had made in front of his guests. So he ordered a guard to go to the prison and cut off John's head. It was taken on a platter to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. John's followers took his body and buried it. Then they told Jesus what had happened. After Jesus heard about John, he crossed Lake Galilee to go to some place where he could be alone, but the crowds found out and followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus got out of the boat, he saw the large crowd. He felt sorry for them and healed everyone who was sick. That evening, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This place is like a desert, and it's already late. Let the crowds leave so that they can go to the villages and buy some food. Jesus replied, They don't have to leave. Why don't you give them something to eat? But they said, We have only five small loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus asked his disciples to bring the food to him, and he told the crowd to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up toward heaven and blessed the food. Then he broke the bread and handed it to his disciples, and they gave it to the people. After everyone had eaten all they wanted, Jesus' disciples picked up twelve large baskets of leftovers. There were about five thousand men who ate, not counting the women and children. Right away Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and start back across the lake, but he stayed until he had sent the crowds away. Then he went up on a mountain where he could be alone and pray. Later that evening, he was still there. By this time, the boat was a long way from the shore. It was going against the wind and was being tossed around by the waves. A little while before morning, Jesus came, walking on the water toward his disciples. When they saw him, they thought he was a ghost. They were terrified and started screaming. At once, Jesus said to them, Don't worry. I'm Jesus. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come on, Jesus said. Peter then got out of the boat and started walking on the water toward him. But when Peter saw how strong the wind was, he was afraid and started sinking. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Right away, Jesus reached out his hand. He helped Peter up and said, You don't have much faith. Why do you doubt? When Jesus and Peter got into the boat, the wind died down. The men in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You really are the Son of God. Jesus and his disciples crossed the lake and came to shore near the town of Gennesaret. The people found out that he was there and they sent word to everyone who lived in that part of the country. So they brought all the sick people to Jesus. They begged him just to let them touch his clothes. And everyone who did was healed. Matthew chapter 15 About this time, some Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses came from Jerusalem. They asked Jesus, 
Why don't your disciples obey what our ancestors taught us to do? They don't even wash their hands before they eat. Jesus answered, Why do you disobey God and follow your own teaching? Didn't God command you to respect your father and mother? Didn't he tell you to put to death all who curse their parents? But you let people get by without helping their parents when they should. You let them say that what they have has been offered to God. Is this any way to show respect to your parents? You ignore God's commands in order to follow your own teaching, and you are nothing but show-offs. Isaiah the prophet was right when he wrote that God had said, All of you praise me with your words, but you never really think about me. It is useless for you to worship me when you teach rules made up by humans. Jesus called the crowd together and said, Pay attention and try to understand what I mean. The food that you put into your mouth doesn't make you unclean and unfit to worship God. The bad words that come out of your mouth are what make you unclean. Then his disciples came over to him and asked, Do you know that you insulted the Pharisees by what you said? Jesus answered, Every plant that my Father in heaven did not plant will be pulled up by the roots. Stay away from those Pharisees. They are like blind people leading other blind people, and all of them will fall into a ditch. Peter replied, What did you mean when you talked about the things that make people unclean? Jesus then said, Don't any of you know what I am talking about by now? Don't you know that the food you put into your mouth goes into your stomach and then out of your body? But the words that come out of your mouth come from your heart, and they are what make you unfit to worship God. Out of your heart come evil thoughts, murder, unfaithfulness in marriage, vulgar deeds, stealing, telling lies and insulting others. These are what make you unclean. Eating without washing your hands will not make you unfit to worship God. Jesus left and went to the territory near the cities of Tyre and Sidon. Suddenly, a Canaanite woman from there came out, shouting, Lord and son of David, have pity on me. My daughter is full of demons. Jesus did not say a word, but the woman kept following along and shouting. So his disciples came up and asked him to send her away. Jesus said, I was sent only to the people of Israel. They are like a flock of lost sheep. The woman came closer. Then she knelt down and begged, Please help me, Lord. Jesus replied, It isn't right to take food away from children and feed it to dogs. Lord, that's true, the woman said. But even dogs get the crumbs that fall from their owner's table. Jesus answered, Dear woman, you really do have a lot of faith, and you will be given what you want. At that moment her daughter was healed. From there, Jesus went along Lake Galilee. Then he climbed a hill and sat down. Large crowds came and brought many people who were crippled or blind or lame or unable to talk. They placed them and many others in front of Jesus, and he healed them all. Everyone was amazed at what they saw and heard. People who had never spoken could now speak. The lame were healed. The crippled could walk, and the blind were able to see. Everyone was praising the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples together. And told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been with me for three days and they don't have anything to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry. They might faint on their way home. His disciples said, This place is like a desert. Where can we find enough food to feed such a crowd? Jesus asked them how much food they had. They replied, 
seven small loaves of bread and a few little fish. After Jesus had told the people to sit down, he took the seven loaves of bread and the fish and gave thanks. He then broke them and handed them to his disciples, who passed them around to the crowds. Everyone ate all they wanted, and the leftovers filled seven large baskets. There were four thousand men who ate, not counting the women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowds away, he got into a boat and sailed across the lake. He came to shore near the town of Magadan. Matthew chapter 16 The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tried to test him by asking for a sign from heaven. He told them, If the sky is red in the evening, you say the weather will be good. But if the sky is red and gloomy in the morning, you say it is going to rain. You can tell what the weather will be like by looking at the sky. But you don't understand what is happening now. You want a sign because you are evil and won't believe. But the only sign you will be given is what happened to Jonah. Then Jesus left. The disciples had forgotten to bring any bread when they crossed the lake. Jesus then warned them, Watch out! Guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The disciples talked this over and said to each other, He must be saying this because we didn't bring along any bread. Jesus knew what they were thinking and said, You surely don't have much faith. Why are you talking about not having any bread? Don't you understand? Have you forgotten about the five thousand people and all those baskets of leftovers from just five loaves of bread? And what about the four thousand people and all those baskets of leftovers from only seven loaves of bread? Don't you know by now that I am not talking to you about bread? Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Finally, the disciples understood that Jesus wasn't talking about the yeast used to make bread, but about the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When Jesus and his disciples were near the town of Caesarea Philippi, he asked them, What do people say about the Son of Man? The disciples answered, Some people say you are John the Baptist, or maybe Elijah or Jeremiah or some other prophet. Then Jesus asked them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter spoke up. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus told him, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed. You didn't discover this on your own. It was shown to you by my Father in heaven. So I will call you Peter, which means a rock. On this rock I will build my church and death itself will not have any power over it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on earth, but he will not allow anything that you don't allow. Jesus told his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From then on, Jesus began telling his disciples what would happen to him. He said, I must go to Jerusalem. There the nation's leaders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law of Moses will make me suffer terribly. I will be killed, but three days later I will rise to life. Peter took Jesus aside and told him to stop talking like that. He said, God would never let this happen to you, Lord. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Satan, get away from me. You're in my way because you think like everyone else and not like God. 
Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross and follow me. If you want to save your life, you will destroy it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. What will you gain if you own the whole world but destroy yourself? What would you give to get back your soul? The Son of Man will soon come in the glory of his Father and with his angels to reward all people for what they have done. I promise you that some of those standing here will not die before they see the Son of Man coming with his kingdom. Matthew chapter 17 Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the brothers James and John with him. They went up on a very high mountain where they could be alone. There, in front of the disciples, Jesus was completely changed. His face was shining like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. All at once Moses and Elijah were there, talking with Jesus. So Peter said to him, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While Peter was still speaking, the shadow of a bright cloud passed over them. From the cloud, a voice said, This is my own dear son, and I am pleased with him. Listen to what he says. When the disciples heard the voice, they were so afraid that they fell flat on the ground. But Jesus came over and touched them. He said, Get up and don't be afraid. When they opened their eyes, they saw only Jesus. On their way down from the mountain, Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the Son of Man had been raised from death. The disciples asked Jesus, Don't the teachers of the law of Moses say that Elijah must come before the Messiah does? Jesus told them, Elijah certainly will come and get everything ready. In fact, he has already come. But the people did not recognize him and treated him just as they wanted to. They will soon make the Son of Man suffer in the same way. Then the disciples understood that Jesus was talking to them about John the Baptist. Jesus and his disciples returned to the crowd. A man knelt in front of him and said, Lord, have pity on my son. He has a bad case of epilepsy and often falls into a fire or into water. I brought him to your disciples, but none of them could heal him. Jesus said, You people are too stubborn to have any faith. How much longer must I be with you? Why do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy here. Then Jesus spoke sternly to the demon. It went out of the boy. And right then, he was healed. Later, the disciples went to Jesus in private and asked him, Why couldn't we force out the demon? Jesus replied, It is because you don't have enough faith. But I can promise you this. If you had faith no larger than a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to move from here to there, and it would. Everything would be possible for you. While Jesus and his disciples were going from place to place in Galilee, he told them, The Son of Man will be handed over to people who will kill him, but three days later he will rise to life. All of this made the disciples very sad. When Jesus and the others arrived in Capernaum, the collectors for the temple tax came to Peter and asked, Does your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter answered. 
After they had returned home, Jesus went up to Peter and asked him, Simon, what do you think? Do the kings of this earth collect taxes and fees from their own people or from foreigners? Peter answered, from foreigners. Jesus replied, then their own people don't have to pay, but we don't want to cause trouble. So go cast a line into the lake and pull out the first fish you hook. Open its mouth and you will find a coin. Use it to pay your taxes and mine. Matthew chapter 18 About this time the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, Who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child over and had the child stand near him. Then he said, I promise you this, if you don't change and become like a child, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. But if you are as humble as this child, you are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And when you welcome one of these children because of me, you welcome me. It will be terrible for people who cause even one of my little followers to sin. Those people would be better off thrown into the deepest part of the ocean with a heavy stone tied around their necks. The world is in for trouble because of the way it causes people to sin. There will always be something to cause people to sin, but anyone who does this will be in for trouble. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, chop it off and throw it away. You would be better off to go into life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into the fire that never goes out. If your eye causes you to sin, poke it out and get rid of it. You would be better off to go into life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fires of hell. Don't be cruel to any of these little ones. I promise you that their angels are always with my Father in heaven. Let me ask you this. What would you do if you had a hundred sheep and one of them wandered off? Wouldn't you leave the ninety-nine on the hillside and go and look for the one that had wandered away? I am sure that finding it would make you happier than having the ninety-nine that never wandered off. That's how it is with your Father in heaven. He doesn't want any of these little ones to be lost. If one of my followers sins against you, go and point out what was wrong, but do it in private, just between the two of you. If that person listens, you have won back a follower. But if that one refuses to listen, take along one or two others. The scriptures teach that every complaint must be proved true by two or more witnesses. If the follower refuses to listen to them, report the matter to the church. Anyone who refuses to listen to the church must be treated like an unbeliever or a tax collector. I promise you that God in heaven will allow whatever you allow on earth, but he will not allow anything you don't allow. I promise that when any two of you on earth agree about something you are praying for, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Whenever two or three of you come together in my name, I am there with you. Peter came up to the Lord and asked, How many times should I forgive someone who does something wrong to me? Is seven times enough? Jesus answered, Not just seven times, but seventy-seven times. This story will show you what the kingdom of heaven is like. One day, a king decided to call in his officials and ask them to give an account of what they owed him. 
As he was doing this, one official was brought in who owed him fifty million silver coins, but he didn't have any money to pay what he owed. The king ordered him to be sold, along with his wife and children and all he owned, in order to pay the debt. The official got down on his knees and began begging, "Have pity on me, and I will pay you every penny I owe." The king felt sorry for him and let him go free. He even told the official he did not have to pay back the money. As the official was leaving, he happened to meet another official, who owed him a hundred silver coins. So he grabbed the man by the throat. He started choking him and said, "Pay me what you owe." The man got down on his knees and began begging, "Have pity on me, and I'll pay you back." But the first official refused to have pity. Instead, he went and had the other official put in jail until he could pay what he owed. When some other officials found out what had happened, they felt sorry for the man who had been put in jail. Then they told the king what had happened. The king called the first official back in and said, "You're an evil man. When you begged for mercy, I said you did not have to pay back a penny. Don't you think you should show pity to someone else, as I did to you?" The king was so angry that he ordered the official to be tortured until he could pay back everything he owed. That is how my Father in heaven will treat you, if you don't forgive each of my followers with all your heart.